Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, we ask that that is our prayer, that you have your own way with us, that you guide us and lead us, that, that when we move, we move as in Christ is in us, guiding us and leading us so that we may be faithful disciples of His. So, Lord, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. You know, when I was thinking about a uh, sermon to uh, follow up the Revelation series, I was, uh, came up across this verse through what we call the lectionary, which is a, a listing of scriptures that uh, if you follow the lectionary through at a three-year period, you basically read the entire uh, Bible. And there's usually three or four different verses that are part of the lectionary reading for each Sunday. And, and I read this passage from First uh, Timothy and was going, you know what? It's good to talk about prayer. It's always good to talk about prayer. But, but sometimes... Uh, being a pastor and being a church, when we talk about prayer, it, it can easily fall into this, this Christianese sense. And, and what I mean by that is that we like to use these words that, that Christians throw around about prayer, and I, I really don't want this sermon to be about this. So I've worked really hard to try to, to hopefully make this uh, really apl- applicable to your lives where you can understand, oh, that's why we call it this, or, or, or that's why we are a part of, of praying for each other, for our communities, for, for our leaders, and for our world. Because if you're like me, the very first thing that I think about when I, when I think about prayer is that I, I have a certain list uh, of those things or people that I pray for. You know, I, I pray for Tracy. I pray for our kids, uh, Deborah, Jacob, and Tim, and our grandchild, Sam. I, I, I pray for all of those because they're, they're close to me. I pray for my church because y'all are, are, are close to me too, you know, because I, I, I care about your, your growth as disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, it's not, not a bad thing that we do that, but sometimes I think we can easily pigeonhole our prayer life to, to something as, as, as a checkoff list. And, and once we check off those things, we say, okay, we're done. Now we can move on to something else. But, but prayer is, is something a lot more than just checking off items on a list. Sometimes when we pray, if, if you're like me anyway, I, I like to wrestle with God in my prayers. And what I mean by that is that I have a way or, or a process that I think life should go. And if I don't feel like life is going the way that I want it to go, then I'll start kind of 
arguing with God and, and struggling with him, and then I get frustrated because God's not doing what I want God to do. It reminds me of a song uh, that was written by Rich Mullins a long time ago called Hold Me, Jesus. And in that song, he has these words. Surrender don't come natural to me. I'd rather fight you for something I don't really want than take what you give that I need. See, sometimes prayer is like that. We will fight tooth and nail for God for something we really don't want. But when it comes to something that we absolutely need from God, we'll say, no, thanks. I don't want that. I I, I don't want my life to be changed. I don't want my life to be fuller because you're instructing me or leading me to go a different way. I, I just want what I want. So how does prayer fall into our lives? And, and, and what do we do so that we can grow in our faith of our Savior? Our scripture today gives us a different attitude about prayer and the priority of prayer. So I invite you, if you have your Bibles, to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, and we'll have the words up on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. Paul's writing, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it's pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle." I am telling the truth. I am not lying. I'm a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and trust and truth. I desire that then that in every place that men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, when I first started reading the scripture, I, I got caught by the very beginning of the passage where Paul writes, first of all, and and if you're like me, sometimes whenever I see something like first of all, I'll I'll start scanning the rest of the passage to see, okay, what's second, what's third, because I can get the little cliff note thingies here, you know, I can hear what's first, what's second, what's third, but that doesn't happen in this passage. See, what Paul is doing here, he's not giving us a, a list of how to pray, He is reminding us that first and foremost, the most important thing you could do is that you must pray. Before you do anything else, before before you take one step, you must do the important thing and be in prayer for, for what is going on. Now, for me, I'm one of those types of people that I catch myself plenty of times where I do something and I really mess it up bad. 
and then I pray to try to, to clean up the mess that I just made. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll do an action or, or I'll move forward, and then I realize, oh, wait a minute, I've outkicked my coverage, if you will, and, and I'll try to pray to, to hedge my bet to, to get God to, to rush ahead and be there for me. And I wonder, what would it be like if we actually went to God first? Before we moved, before we acted, before, before we did something, we say, God, we have the, this, this thing in my life that we're struggling with, so I'm coming to you first. I need your guidance. I need your help. See, Paul knows the importance of going to God first in prayer, primarily because he is the one that sustains us. He is the one who, who guides us. He is the one that leads us and helps us to grow in our faith. So then Paul gives us a, a list of ways that we can pray. And the first word is, is supplication. You know, I talked about how sometimes we can throw these Christianese words in, and we really don't fully understand what they mean. But really, the word supplication is the word request. We give a request. And that request can be from uh, somebody that we know or, or it can be from God. It, it's something that we lift up because of a sense of need. Now, it's important to understand that requests are things that we make to each other. You know, I, I, I'm a, a parent that has a kid that needs to get to band practice or we have a, a program that's coming up. Would you mind driving my kid to this event. Or we have a potluck that's coming up uh, next Sunday, so would you mind helping us by bringing a, a, a food item so we can have enough food for the potluck? By the way, there is a fifth Sunday, next Sunday, where we gather in Wesley Hall before the service, so y'all can come a little bit early and join us in Wesley Hall for... Okay, that didn't go over a soda. Yeah. Let us move on. But no, th we, we make these requests to God and to others, but when we elevate our prayers to God, it becomes something different. Now, the second word that Paul gives us is the word prayers. But, but it's not just generalized prayer, but the, uh, the Greek word is prosuke. And, and what that means is that it is something that can only be addressed to God. A, a, a prayer is something that we know that our neighbors can't help us out with, but it is something only that God can help us with. It, it's something deep. It's something, something that really helps us in our moments of weaknesses. William Barclay um, writes it this way. He says that there's only a strength which God can only give, a forgiveness which God alone can grant, a certainty which God alone can bestow. It helps us see that, uh, that the weaknesses that we have, that, that we may lift up to God, it's something that we give to God to help us in the middle of our needs. Now, I know you're wondering, well, what a, why can't we just pray for God to take away our weaknesses? 
because I think God loves to use us in the middle of our weaknesses so that God's power can be made fruitful in our lives so that when it all is said and done, we can point to the activity that happened and said, you know, there's absolutely no way that I could have gone through that, but it is God that gave me the power to persevere through. This is scriptural. This is something that happens all throughout the entire book of the Bible. Isaiah 40, chapter 20, tells us that God gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Psalm 73, 26, the psalmist writes, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, uh, Paul is writing this to the Corinthians, but, and he says that Jesus said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. And then finally, if we look in the Gospels in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus is addressing his disciples and reminding them about how he is there to, to help them in the midst of their struggles and their weaknesses by saying, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, when we go to God in prayer, when we lift these prayers up to God, we are saying, God, I know that I do not have the power to make it through this. I know that, that I can't do this on my own. I need to lift this up to you. So in the middle of my weakness, you are strong. The third type of prayer that Paul talks about is intercession. Now, this is looked at as just by lifting one another up. It may be, uh, it means to hold intimate conversations with a person. And then it acquired a special meaning that meant to enter into a king's presence and to submit a petition to him. Now, if you look at, at the, the, the kingdom system, it, it was something special to have an audience with a king. It was something that you would have to wait a long, long time to get, and only those who were chosen or those who were, were special were able to have an audience with the king. And then you had a chance to share an intercession of, of how you wanted the king to help you. Thanks be to God that, that, that our king doesn't pick who uh, can or who can't come to his presence. That our king opens up the kingdom or, or the throne room, if you will, to everyone to come and to lift up prayers and petitions to him. God stands open and we have a, a privilege, a right to, to lift up our petitions and our intercessions to him. And the good news is that there is not a single intercession that is too big for our king. 
Let me say that again just to remind us. There is not an intercession that we have is too big for our king. We just have to let ourselves be put aside when we get that answer from our king and know that he has our best in mind. And that gives us the last part, which is by far not the least important, is that we must spend time giving thanks. Spend time in thanksgiving. It is great to to give God our petitions and our prayers and our, our intercessions, but it is our duty to give God thanks and praise. You know, we may think life is difficult and we have troubles in our lives, and, and we do. We have things that happen in our lives that we wonder how we're going to make it through one day. But one thing that we can each do, we can all give thanks for the love and grace that God has given each and every one of us. So these four things are Paul's lifting up to know this is how you pray. When, when you spend time and, and you, you spend this time first and foremost lifting it up to God through your request, your prayers, your intercessions, and by giving thanks, these help us to grow as a follower of Jesus Christ. But there's one more important thing that Paul talks about, is that when we pray, that's not the end of the story. We just don't lift our voices to God and and lifting up prayers and thinking, okay, well, I just checked that box off and I'm done. No, God calls us and requires us to be in action. A uh, former church member who moved up to Kansas City posted this on Facebook a couple of weeks ago. It's a quote by Father Nathan Monk. When he's talking about prayer, he says, whenever someone tells me They've prayed, and now it's in God's hands. I remind them that they are God's hands and that they need to get to work. Sometimes we end our prayers at just amen, which is another word for for so be it. And when we, we say, so be it, we, we release that to God, but sometimes we have to realize that we may be the answers to the prayer that God has given us. When we fail to act, when we fail to, to move forward, when we fail to take time to listen to what God is calling us to do, then we shortchange the true meaning of prayer or the true value of prayer. I have a really good friend of mine who, who challenges me weekly when we talk. And, and I was telling her about something going on in my life, and, and she was listening to me. And she said, Pastor Chris, let me ask you a question. And whenever she said this, I know I don't want to hear what she has to say because I know it's going to zing me big time. And she said, you've stopped listening, haven't you? I said, what do you mean? She said, you've stopped listening for God, haven't you? I said, well, no, I, I, I listen to God. No, you don't know what it is. You stopped 
taking moments in your prayer and listen for what God has to say. And I kind of hemmed and hawed a little bit and tried to make excuses, but the answer was, yeah, I have stopped. Because in my mind, I've been too busy to do that. In my mind, I thought, well, if I can just get through my prayers and, and get through this time and maybe scratch something down in a journal that I'm keeping, I'm all good. But no. See, it is important to take those moments of prayer that we have in our lives and to just stop and not say anything. To stop and not try to worry about what's going to be next, but to stop and say, God, I am opening my hands and my arms to you. And I am standing here ready to listen. Speak to me, Lord. And you know, that may be just a minute. It may be five minutes, it may be ten, or it could be a whole hour. But the important thing is, is that in order to pray fully, we need to take time to listen and then be prepared to act on what it is that God is calling us to do. My hope and my prayer is that as we continue to grow as disciples of Jesus Christ, as we move into what is ever next for our congregation, that we stop. We lift up our request, our prayers to God, our intercessions, and we give thanks. And then we open our hearts to receive what God has for us so then we can move together in the grace and power of Jesus our Lord. Amen.